episode of the three-man booth podcast i am your host hunter mcgoy and i'm about to be joined by adam howell here in spirit in just a few minutes uh he had a chance to sit down with austin mannix and uh just have a chat about uh the world and life and times of an independent wrestler like we like to do uh so i'm going to drop that in here for you in just a minute i will give you a fair warning that adam uh, got to experience the fun of recording these and had a little snafu, so there's going to be a very abrupt edit that you're going to hear here shortly. Here, here. Um, and so apologies for that, and uh, I'll have Adam explain that once he joins me uh, for our standard show. Uh, ask that you give us a follow on Twitter at 3MB Podcast. Give Adam a follow on Twitter at Adam Howell 3MB. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at 3MB Pod. As always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, like, rate, subscribe, review, please. Just uh, download. Don't listen. I like the joke uh, as I stole that from the Fantasy Focus podcast. Uh, but definitely appreciate you guys listening. Uh, enjoy the interview with Austin. Uh, when Adam and I get back together, we're going to discuss... Um, big thing we're going to discuss is the dark side of the ring with Chris Benoit and, and our thoughts on that. And uh, as you'll hear several times, fuck Chris Benoit. Um, but it was just, it was a great, great show. I highly recommend the, the Dark Side of the Ring series and hope you enjoy uh, Austin's chat or Adam's chat with Austin Mannix. Good gravy. Tongue doesn't want to cooperate with the brain today. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Adam with the Three Man Booze Podcast. And I am here with the measuring stick of violence and cutthroat Austin Mannix. Austin, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm too scared to ask. I'm going to ask anyways. Why did you get the nickname cutthroat? <laughs> uh, well, like any good moniker or nickname, I feel uh, name is not so much something you come up with is, is something that has been given to you. And that was the case. That's just how uh, a guy years ago kept making comments about my style of work and my, you know, the, I guess, um, what I'm looking for here, aggressive nature. Um, and just kept saying, you're, you're pretty cutthroat. You should go by cutthroat. And so eventually I just threw it, a, saw, you know, see if it'd stick. And it did. So I uh, just kind of always keep rolling with it. It's quite terrifying, so it works well for you, sir. <laughs> I think uh, that was the intention, so I guess yeah. uh, all works out. And I forgot to mention in your intro, I apologize. Austin is the Rockstar Pro Intergalactic Champion. Congrats, by the way, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Much deserved. Much deserved. Just, yeah, uh, a little long overdue, but, you know, <laughs> we're finally here, so. Hard work pays off, brother. Yep, that, that's true. That's 100% true. I mean... <laughs> Uh, that's a place where you, you're going to put a lot of hard work in, and then, you know, when you get the ball to roll with it, it's, it's a good feeling. For sure. Let's, for, a question we always like to ask the guys first, um, what drew you wanting to be in the wrestling business? 
Uh, I mean, my answer is, is probably the same as so many others. Uh, you know, as, as a kid, I liked it. Uh, as a younger kid, not really uh, so much was into it. Didn't really know a lot. Would see it here and there. Uh, but then as I got into like my early teenage years and, you know, going into the Attitude Era, uh, the whole larger than life, you know, guys like The Rock and Stone Cold and DDP and, uh, you know, even some of the older guys, you know, Hogan being, you know, Hollywood Hogan, just more captivating with the NWO. And, uh, he was a it was better just, heel, in my opinion. What's that? Hogan was a better heel, in my opinion. People I think he was. I mean, well, it, it depends on how you look at it, because if you're looking at, you know, what a, a good baby face, what a top baby face, you know, the, the, the pattern of one should be, then you, you identify that with Hogan. And then you could right. say a very similar thing to, you know, heel Hogan as well in that same regard. He just, that's how good Hogan was. Um, and with all that said, I was never drawn to him as a younger uh, guy. He was never one of the guys that I really, I didn't like, uh, you know, Babyface Hogan. I wasn't into the good guys. Um, but, you know, it was really around the, uh, the Attitude Era that I really started getting more involved and into it. And uh, from there, went on to do, you know, backyard wrestling with my friends, as, as a lot of us did. And um, What was your backyard I up- character? I got to ask. Oh, Jesus, we're awful. Yeah, I was just talking to another one of my friends uh, about this uh, a couple of weeks ago on the road. Uh, when I first broke in uh, to the wrestling, I got in with a, a group of guys from Clash uh, out here in, in the Detroit area. And uh, so one night we uh, we came over and he was showing us, you know, their their backyard tapes and all that. And, you know, they're showing us all these things from, you know, back when they were, you know, teenagers and kids and you know, to my surprise, when I'm watching it, these matches are still kind of starting out with a little bit of structure and, and a little bit of psychology. And I didn't really know exactly what you were doing, but they had a, a pretty good idea. And then I showed them mine, and we just would grab weapons and start hitting each other. Like, we had no <laughs> idea what the hell we were doing. We would just grab weapons, and that's how the match would start. And we'd migrate over to a, a trampoline and hit a few moves either that we knew. And we, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. So, um We've all been there, man. We've all been there. It was a little different. It was a little different. And, you know, honestly, like, my character was was just basically, if you rolled Tommy, Dreamer, and Taz, and maybe Sandman up at the time, I had these, (laughs) like, track pants that said FTW on them. Uh, I think I wore, like, a a dare, you know, to keep kids off drugs shirt as an ironic statement of sorts. Uh, and then just, yeah, taped my fist up and went out. Did you carry a kendo stick, which is your signature now? Did you carry one? You know, I did at one point. Yeah, it wasn't a real kendo stick. I think it was like maybe a broom, a stick handle <laughs> or something. Yeah. You know, or we found like a bunch of like, we maybe, I think, tried. I think one of my friends did try to make one of his own at one point. Um, and, and it sucked. It was probably way worse than Lucy is. Uh, but yeah, I think we did, but I, we would just, it was anything. I, I carried a stop sign. I remember that for a long time. I had commandeered a stop sign and would carry that out with me. And yeah, it was, it was brutal. I don't recommend anybody ever doing that or watching that. Any children listening, go get trained professionally first. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> go get trained. Learn, learn how to do, I mean, I messed my back up before I even got into wrestling officially by doing that dumb shit. So <laughs> So yeah, we're fearless style. as kids. We don't know any better. <laughs> no, no. Is there a specific wrestler that kind of inspired you when you were younger? The more as you were training, I should say, and developing your character. Uh, yeah. When and it, you know when I watched wrestling for you know just not just the entertainment factor. I did you know I obviously got as I became more of a fan, got more into the in ring stuff. 
Um, and, you know, you go down through all the cliche guys of, you know, of course, the guys that were awesome, like Jericho still is awesome. Uh, you know, Benoit, Forbidden Name. You know, guys oh, dude, like he's those. He's still one of the best know, wrestlers in the world, regardless yeah, of what I mean, If yeah. you're looking at and you're talking about, the you know, that time frame and all that, you know, you had so many, like, I was actually just watching with my youngest uh, son throughout the last couple of days, uh, some of 2001 and 2002. Uh, because there's so much good talent uh, in, in those times when everything merged and, and all those guys being around uh, that it was just, you know, a crazy talent pool of who's who. And, you know, you look at any guy in that time frame, and it, a lot of those guys were were just, in, you know, coming out, you know, coming into being like some of the best, of, you know, their in-ring career and stuff. So, you know, of course, the guys like Jericho. But, I mean, as far as, like, guys that I mold myself off of or I look to more for inspiration, you know, as far as my own career – um, it would probably be, you know, Jake the Snake is one of them. Um, it's like an array of characters. It, it's kind of taking like a little bit from, you know, all these, you know, guys with different personalities, even like Randy Orton, you know, certain ticks that he has or things that kind of, you know, gets the creative juices flowing for, you know, who I want to be or my personality or stuff like that. Uh, Stone Cold, of course. I mean, you can see that all. So they kind of got, you know, heat for that. And basically it came down, though, to his truth just came to them and, was willing to bury all that. He just was, you know, everyone needs to go get trained and get trained the proper way. doesn't have to be my school, but it has to be a reputable school or a school, you know, that actually trains people. And so once we got smartened up, we all went and did that. And that's, that's how I found out about it uh, more so was, was when all that kind of was coming to the surface. And I found out who Truth Martini was and uh, that he had the school and he was the guy to go to. Um, or, you know, you went over to Scott Demore or, you know, a few others, but that, you know, those were the guys. And so uh, he came and had a conversation with us. We all sat down, made an agreement, and then uh, went through his, his school. And, and the training, like I said, I mean, it was, you know, any any kind of training is going to be rough, you know. But I feel like um, it, it was very, very educational, um, very good training. And, like, it was rough. But, I mean, I remember it being one of the best times of my life, too, because just you're going through that process and you know it's going to pay off. And then when you finally do get through it and you start working the shows and start progressing on your way, it just, it's that really good, you know, you, you feel like you came from a good place, you know? And so, yeah, nothing but good to say about it. And, you know, look him up on social media. He's still running and uh, still accepting uh, new students as of, I believe today. So. That's awesome. Um, so here we are 11 plus years later now, right? Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. A little over. Have your, what are your goals now? I mean, all these years later, you've done a lot. So what are your new goals? Um, you know, my goals have always kind of been, I want to wrestle overseas. I want to go over to the UK. Uh, that's a huge one for me. Um, I want to go over to Japan. Uh, Brandon and I, as the dirty, were very close uh, a couple years ago. And unfortunately it fell through. So, you know, I'm still itching for that. Those two are the, probably the two biggest. And then of course, you know, uh, just being able to continue to do this on a higher level and, and doing this, you know, for a you know, company under contract somewhere, you know, and, and, kind of feeling that accomplishment of, you know, being able to be on a product that's on TV weekly, you know, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. And I don't really have a preference anymore <laughs> as far right. as where I go, you know, um, it doesn't matter to me, you know, I just, you know, I want to be able to continue to wrestle and uh, be able to provide for, you know, my family while I'm doing that as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the, I, I, I ask this question a lot with independent wrestlers, like, what's the biggest misconceptions fans have about independent wrestling or slash wrestlers? 
The biggest? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough question because I feel like there's probably a lot of misconceptions. Um, but I mean, most of the misconceptions are ones that we, you know, put out there for them to perceive, uh, you know, character based. I think some don't understand there's a disconnect between who the character is, um, you know, at a show and who, you know, that person is at home. Sometimes I, I think there's a little bit of disconnect there. Um, I think they do, a, for the most part, though, I think a lot of fans are, like, really, like, good at understanding, you know, like, I don't know, uh, how to interact and how to, you know, support without being, you know, too much. And I don't know. I'm not sure if that answers the question or not. Right. I, I just, like, you know, it's interesting to me, like, seeing you, for example, like, I've seen you everywhere now for about a year. Is it a good vibe hop in? from company to company or do you want to just okay i want a home base and stay there for a while i guess i should have asked <laughs> oh okay i see what you're saying no yeah. you know honestly i like i love uh you know i love traveling anywhere wrestling anywhere so i, I definitely always get um i like the opportunity to get different vibes different places uh it's one of the things i like about doing different shows for different companies um you know i feel like i've already got like a home base of where i consider home for me and no matter where I'm, you know, going as far as, you know, if I were to sign with Impact or Ring of Honor um, or pretty much anyone besides AEW or WWE, that I would still continue to go back to these places and wrestle as, you know, much of a full-time basis as, you know, as I would, you know, as I'm not contracted or whatever. So I feel like I've got a good home base, but I like going to other places. I like feeling those different vibes and, you know, the different energy and the different fan groups and stuff like that. It's, I mean, that's part of what we do, you know, why we do what we do. Yeah, the, like, the vibe at like a Rockstar Pro show, for example, is incredible. And you can't even get that at Madison Square Garden sometimes. You know, sometimes those smaller shows are just incredible to be at. Yeah. And, uh, with... Go ahead. No, I, I 100% agree with that. Sometimes, um, and it seems crazy to some or, you know, weird to some, I guess. But, you know, I, even doing the bigger shows, sometimes those small, intimate, grimy, fight club feel shows like for me are some of the most hype i mean some of those rock star high pay-per-views and when the crowd just shows up to have fun and go wild are some of the craziest environments you know and, and that's what i love the crazier the crowd gets the crazier i'm gonna get you know that's, that's the louder that, you that get booed and kendo stick somebody <laughs> yeah. the better you feel right <laughs> exactly 100 percent, 100 percent. so with that um what's your best in-ring experience to date um, there's been a few recent matches where I felt really, really good about at the end of them. Uh, winning the Rockstar Pro Championship obviously was was um, one of those great feelings and great in-ring moments for me. It was an accomplishment that um, ever since the Dirty, you know, unfortunately had to, you know, dismember and, and disband for me to have is, okay, well, I was tag champ with that, so, you know, I need to progress on my own now, and now I need to see what I've got and what I'm capable of, and that's the goal. That represents you're the guy. And so for me, getting that and being able to achieve that was, was a pretty great feeling. Um, definitely a confidence booster for how the last year went for my career as well. So um, that, was, that was one of them for sure. Um, and then I've got a couple as far as the tag team with the Dirty goes. I mean, uh, the match with um, LAX and the um, the besties for Impact was one of them. That was and incredible. The, I will, that match was awesome. That match was was one of our favorite matches to be involved in. We had several that we were very proud of, and 
and had you know a lot of fun in with that one. And then our first one um, for Revolver and Impact in Iowa uh, was very special to us as well. Um, it was it was just a, a pretty much a, a game changer for us, you know, when when that match, you know, after that match. So um, those those three are the ones that probably stick out the most. The one I want to talk to you about that I was in person for uh, for one of them. Your best of seven plus one with uh, Lord Crew, which was your dog collar boards match is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That was match seven of that series. What's your yeah. mindset going into, like, all right, we got to plan seven matches. Okay, now let's plan eighth match. <laughs> is it hard you to know, do like a different match each week, or is it pretty – if you wrestle a guy a hundred times, it's just like well, – No, I mean, I, I will say if you have chemistry with a guy and you have a good rapport with a guy, then it's going to be a lot easier because you don't have to think about it as much. Um, and, and that just kind of goes without saying, but um, – it was very challenging, which I loved. That was probably the thing I loved most about that whole series was it was challenging. Uh, you had to be creative. You had to figure, you know, some stuff out. You had to kind of step outside of your shell, which was exactly what Jake Christ had in mind when he set it up and planned it. Um, so kudos to him. I've, I've said that pretty much any time I explain this, but um, it was it was a it was a game changer for both of us because it did force us to think outside of the box a lot more. Um, and do things that we weren't comfortable with sometimes. Um, so the mentality was always fun, though. We all, I mean, it was, that was one of the most fun things that I've done in my career, to be honest. Um, I, I loved everything for the most part that we did, and we, we had a blast with it, and crowd really ate it up and, and loved it. And um, it really, I think it, it was, it, you know, did exactly what it was designed to do, uh, which was help elevate both of us coming out of it, too. So, um, and crew is honestly, I will stop said this, you know, one of these things I've said a million times too, but you know, I'll fight crew anytime, anywhere, any company. Like I'd love to take that, that all over the place. Cause, um, we always, we always throw down, you know, together for sure. So yeah, you guys beat the holy piss out of each other. You know, when you <laughs> walk out of a bar and you step in a man's blood, it's a good night of wrestling. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we sure definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, we both definitely spilled blood. I think I spilled quite a bit in that match specifically. Uh, yeah. I, I think I was busted <laughs> open pretty good. I think I have pictures. I'll have to send them to you. They were pretty brutal. Um, with that, what's your worst in-ring experience? Oh, you know, <laughs> the favorite uh, question of mine. <laughs> That's, you know, I've got two, I think. Um, <laughs> one just was morally, just morally brutal. The other one is more just personally embarrassing. Um, I'll tell that one first. Um, so I, as I, you know, I worked for, for War Wrestling. I've worked for them for the past, I think, seven years or so. And um, back in the day, they used to have these fair shows where we do three fair shows, uh, you know, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then it would always coincide with one of the XICW show in Detroit's dates. Um, and we would have to literally come back on right after doing that morning fair show and drive down in time for XICW. So the long story of the short um, is we were basically drinking this entire weekend. Um, <laughs> of course. So this is about day four. And uh, I'm not feeling good. Uh, I think in the match I had that morning, uh, there was a point to where I cut the guy off and told him, I, I think I might, I might die um, or puke. I'm not sure which is going to happen. 
we end up finishing the match and going home. So I'm, I'm driving back and we, we get to Detroit and, and I'm working uh, a match with Rhino and, um, I'm also the light heavyweight champion for, or the light XICW heavyweight champion at the time. And so I'm having this match with Rhino. And the first thing that goes wrong was he hard whips me in the buckle and comes to give me a mini gore. And when he does this, I'm pretty positive that I shit my, my pants. And so <laughs> I, I take, take the shoulder tackle and I tell the, the ref Brian Corey to go tell Terry, I, hey, uh, give him a minute. He, he's going to check because he thinks he shit himself. And so I didn't want to check. I laid there for what felt like forever. It was probably like two, three seconds. Finally, I kind of give myself a little, okay, nope. All right, I actually didn't. I thought I had, but I had escaped it. And I actually did not. But my stomach was, was feeling was feeling pretty rough right at this moment. So I end, up, uh, I end up finishing the match. And then the next thing that happens is I get told to stay out there because another guy is coming out to basically hit a move on me and pin me for my belt in like three seconds. And I have no idea what's going on. I just feel like death. Guy comes out, hits it, whatever, whatever. And apparently, because I couldn't make a, a, a future date for them going forward for some reason, I don't remember exactly what the thing was, they decided to take the title out. So it was just a really rough, uh, rough entire match from thinking that I pooed myself to then just getting <laughs> beat after I beat Rhino in two seconds with some, some guy's move. But, hey, wrestling. Um, the second, <laughs> the second <laughs> one. And this one was a little bit more morally, uh, morally uh, demeaning. Um, same place. It was XICW in Detroit. Um, and I, I get there. And we had, again, d- doing one of these double shots. This time not hungover, though. Uh, or nearly as bad, anyway. Uh, and they tell me I'm working with uh, P.D. Williams. And I'm like, okay, sweet. And uh, first, we were you know, scheduled to be on the show third. And then somehow, last minute, we got moved up to we're opening the show, which, okay, good. And that's fine. Except for Petey's not there yet, and it's getting closer to showtime. So I'm still a little younger in the business. I've only been in probably about five years at this point, four or five years maybe. And uh, so I'm kind of a little nervous. And and uh, so finally, I I just get finished changed, and we've got maybe 20 minutes left, and Petey shows up, starts getting his gear on. We talk about the match for maybe five minutes. We go to go out there. Match starts. I'm freaking out. And uh, forget everything right off the bat. Didn't remember a damn thing. And, like, tried remembering a few things and got it, like, back for a second. And then totally, I don't know, again, just blanked again. And and I don't know what happened. It was like I just shut down completely. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I just told Pete, like, sorry, I'm so sorry. And so he finishes it. We go home. And I just, like, was befuddled. I get to the back and I'm just like, I don't know what happened. Like, I never forget shit. Like, I, it's weird. Like, I just blanked out completely. And this was like, that was super embarrassing. <laughs> and, uh, like, luckily he was super nice about it. And we talked for a bit. And even Martini came up to me and was just like, I don't know what that was. Uh, you know, that was, that was, that was different. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, just listen, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just felt like a total shit bag. And it was probably, that was probably one of the worst moments I've ever had in the ring, though. You'll love this question, then. This made Aaron Williams pop a few months ago. What is your oddest fan interaction? Oh, God. Uh, that's everyone's reaction. And I can't <laughs> wait to hear. Well, because I'm sure as they're, you're processing that question, they're thinking, well, most of these I don't think I'm allowed to tell 
on any kind of form. That if you listen to old episodes of my show, brother, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, honest interaction. Ooh. I don't know. I get so many of those. How do you class, how do you categorize that? <laughs> it can be I weird, mean, creepy. Well, I mean, creepy. I, <laughs> the overly creepy ones. I've I've had multiple fans email me and ask me to send them my trunks and then send like naked like nudes with my trunks. You're not the first guy to, to tell me that on the show. Yeah, That's no, I've. A couple of guys have confirmed that that has also happened to them. So, I mean, it's, it's weird. That one's Wink, odd. wink, chuckle, chuckle. Did, it, did you agree to this? <laughs> no, we I all did gotta make uh, We all got to make money, brother. I get it. <laughs> I, you know, like now, luckily, as I, I guess uh, as I get older, I have to like run down the process. Of, like, all right, is this something that I ever want my kids to see? Like, <laughs> no, probably not. I'd rather not have to pay for that therapy. So, let's just kind of. Let's go back and, and figure something else out. Um, I, I think, you know, what? I'll just, I'll categorize it more in generally with, I think uh, the odd, the most odd interactions with the fans, I think that I deal with are the ones that like, you don't really ever talk to besides every now and again that you'll see them at a show. And then they will like, just tell you their life story and have conversations with you. Like you're like, like you hang out with them every day and it's like i i don't know what to, like it, it kind of makes me feel awkward because i don't know how to respond to that maybe and i'm awkward in front of people sometimes but it's just the in generalization of i guess it's it's a like i try to think of it like uh you know that we're approachable enough that they feel comfortable talking to us you know or you know you're that kind of person that people feel comfortable talking to you so like that's cool but at the same time, I just don't ever know what to say, and I'm not really a good people person, so I'm just kind of, okay, that's great. That's why you're One a good heel, man. That's why the heel thing works. <laughs> it's because it's a little natural for me. I'm not I a saw you. I saw you want to fight the people. whole crowd two weeks ago at Mars. so that's good. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, I'm pretty much. Crowd. <laughs> yeah, no one ever wants to take me up. I don't, you know. I'm just trying to have I don't a good think time. Was that stupid, man? Unless someone tried to jump the rail on you, I would well, never. Well, Michael, Michael Maxwell, if you know who he is, he's he's dumb enough to try. He's dumb <laughs> enough. He uh, he got a little handsy with Lucy about a month or so back, and then yeah, he's he's bald. How dare yeah, he, He's only going to do it once, though. I tell him he crossed that guardrail. I'm gonna crack his goddamn skull. Oh yeah, welcome to the welcome to the business. Yeah. So, last real question before I ask you about you know normal things. Um, what's your favorite? You've had a great year. What's your uh, what's your favorite moment so far in wrestling this year? Your whole career it can be anything. Um, I think right now, uh, man, you, you said well, you said this year or the whole career, man. If you're going. If I'm, you know, talking about the career, the three that I listed earlier, pretty much the same as far as that goes. If I'm talking just specifically this year, um, 2020, it's definitely winning the Rockstar um, Intergalactic Championship and, and being that representation for the company of being the guy. Um, that's right now. That's the goal that I'm the most proud of right now. And that's the one that I am, you know, sites are focusing on to really, you know, make it and, you know, make it something. Awesome. Now, I just want to know Austin, the person, the nice guy. 
or you can be a heel too. You're from the <laughs> Detroit city, you're the Detroit madman. I have to ask, me being from Columbus, Ohio, are you a Michigan Wolverines fan? You're goddamn right I am. God damn it. <laughs> now, how does it feel, my Buckeyes, tapping that ass? You know, I try to uh, just try to think of the present and the now. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, you know, at this point, we're just we're just as baffled as the rest of the world. We're I don't I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, eventually, do you get mad like anymore? Gonna, or do you just expect it now? I get okay. mad. No, I get mad when because, uh, like I, I said, it the entire season going into that game, like the the team that Ohio State was putting on on the field was good enough to beat some some NFL teams. Justin in my Fields opinion. is the man. Justin yeah, Fields is a team. They look <laughs> great all year. And so I'm like, you know what? We have a fighting chance in hell, but that's about it. But all I want to see is a fight. Like, if, if they fight and they don't give up and roll over and get trucked, okay, you know what? Fucking win or lose, I don't give a shit. Show me something. And then we get trucked. And it's not like – you don't even get pissed at, like, hey, we got beat by Ohio State again. It's just like, okay, this happened again, and there's nothing that changed. And it's just more frustration with our own program of like, is that on hardball or is that on players or what is that? I, you know what? I don't know. Um, I don't have an answer for that. Like, I think it's, I think it's in part in people that are put in the position to coach. I think also some of it's on him. I think the the blame has to go to everyone at this point because it's something the players aren't doing on the field, but it's also the preparation from the coaching staff and the head coach too. So you're kind of throwing a lot into that. So they've they've made a few changes this year. We'll see. I don't have my high, you know, I don't have high hopes for it, but you know, I at least ten and two. Ten and two. I mean, if we go ten and two, one of those losses has, or one of those, you know, tens has to be Ohio State. It has like we. That's like I don't. I don't even care if it's a ten and two. I don't care if it's a winning season as long. Like I mean, I care if it's a winning season, but it has to include beating Ohio State at some point, or at least. I have my number, so you could text me if that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it's the, been sad, I was, uh, man. I want competition, man, for these playoff committees and putting yeah. up seventy on you guys. Just not. Yeah. it does not help. Just no, beat Notre Dame no. for me, please. Just keep just you got to beat them, those assholes. We'll see. Nothing's a given <laughs> anymore. I don't know. But, you know we got, we've got a lot of different looks coming into this year, too, with the quarterback situation, which I'm kind of excited for. Um, there's anything's a, better than Shea Patterson, like, man. I like Shea. I just think Shea took a little too long to progress, and I think Shea yeah. still would do Shea things like he was, he was. They said it best at I don't remember uh, it might I don't remember who was commentating the game but uh, they said it best is, is Shea Patterson when he's on he is on fire and he's on but as soon as he's off he can't it's like it took him three quarters to get back on in that game you know it's it's one of those things so look at that you know chart. your quarterback yeah you're right your quarterback situation may be better this year than it has been the last few years hopefully yeah there's there's big hopes for McCaffrey Minton. Uh, same, same thing. They both came in with a lot of hype and it's, it's a little different than the hype that I think Peters came in. Cause that kind of went through a weird process. And these guys, like it's been known since they've been there that they are going to play. Um, and they could be game changers. You know, if McCaffrey's anything like his brother, um, you know, that could be a really good thing. It just depends, you know, it depends on how he's progressed and how he comes along. You know, it's amazing to see in Harbaugh's first year, what he did with Jake Rudock 
and then no, you know, he's he's kind of struggled to get that out of anyone else. Yeah, because he had what John O'Corn and Peters for a second. He's been through a carousel, Spade. Yep, which was awful. Mm-hmm. awful. Sorry, yeah. that was bad. <laughs> no, he was he was really bad. Uh, it, it, yeah, those those the the years those guys played, man, O'Corn and Spade. I just was like, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Like, what? I don't know what to. We're not going to win any big games with these guys. And you know, and honestly, I think in those guys' credits, they were they were playing as hard as they can. I just don't think they they had what it took to be. That guy for that team. It's just crazy. Like O'Corn was freshman of the year at Houston. Comes you guys completely shits the bed. I don't. I don't understand football. Sometimes I don't understand. Yeah. Different competition. Yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's frustrating, especially if you live in the state of Michigan. It is. It is. I mean, along with pretty much every other sport right now, but I mean, football especially is is real frustrating. Inspired. Yeah. Are you a Lions guy, then? Yep, I sure am. I'm a Bengals yeah. fan, so I can't just even feels... talk shit, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I, I like other NFL teams, of course, but it's it's just something different. Like, I can't, like, hey, this team is my team. You know, like, I've never lived in the city, and you know, it's just yeah. strange to me. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just I'm still a Lions guy. It just Stafford's, what it got is. It. Stafford's got to go, man. That dude's got to go. I don't, you know, I don't know, man. I'm a, I like Stafford. I think he's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league. I think he's he, good. He takes a beating every year. He, he does. Yeah, and that's the problem. You know, like, you want to get Stafford on, you got to give him some time. You got to get him because it's either we've got some receivers and he's having to make these big plays, or, you know, finally we might get a little bit of a running game, but now we're, you know, throwing cold to receivers. We're never piecing it all together for him with that offensive line that's holding the line back and giving him time either, you know? So. Yeah. We well, had Andy Dalton for 10 years. I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and you got to look at his numbers too. He, the, the guy puts up numbers. He's a player. He just, I don't think, you know, I don't know if it's a mentality of being able to get to that next level or if it's just the reality of where the Lions are that it's just not going to happen, you know, because, I mean, he's only one guy. He's, you know, I, it's hard to say. You know, I, I, I honestly, like, I've always been a Stafford guy, so that one's hard to, you know, see. Cause, but, you know, he's getting older, so. You need, we'll you need Megatron point two. <laughs> that's what you need. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that to me is what Galladay's shaping up to be, you know, and. If they keep it right and, you know, get him some protection, you know, keep that running game strong, you know, and, and have the weapons with Marvin Jones and Galladay and, you know, Amendola, whoever we have. I don't even know who the other guy is anymore. Um, or we still have him. I can't remember. Yeah, you re-signed Amendola way, and you re-signed, you signed Chase Daniels, which is actually a good pickup, good veteran to have. Let's see another guy from the Patriots. I feel like we just signed half of the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, you signed the half their defense. I know that. Much. Like we just get like we get rid of Slay because we don't want to give him an extension because he's older in his thirties. But then we let him go, release him, don't want to re up him, and then pay for a guy in his thirties. That's um, all. But that's like, all, Patricia, man. That's all. Yeah, Patricia. like these guys are just. I don't. That's, I'm just confused at like what this process is here. Like. How do you not have that much – like, how are you that bad at your job where you already know that if this year you don't win, you're going to get fired? So yeah. – Especially maybe, in Detroit. They're not as patient as they used to be. No, I mean, to be fair, it should have already been done. And maybe I'm – you know, you know, and, and history has told us that, you know, this thing could take a while, but they had the past – Detroit has talent, though. It shouldn't take year. that long. It shouldn't take that I mean, long, in my opinion. <laughs> 
it shouldn't, but where we're at now, I mean, we're not, you know, it's, I don't know. We, we definitely, we went from being a, a what was it now? Oh, crap. I can't remember now. Nine and nine and seven, I think, or 10 and six, or I don't remember what, where I, when called the last year called those, we had the winning record, which wasn't good enough. And you fire, you and fired then, him. <laughs> yeah. Fire him. And then you bring in, you know, these ass clowns and you go backwards and then still just continue to let it go three years after the fact, like, okay, well, no person in their right mind would do this. I don't, I don't understand this. It's makes like no other franchise in the NFL would do that. Like, but here we are, man, I miss sports. It needs to come back at some point. Good Lord. <laughs> to, Something, uh, I mean, like bringing the XFL back, I don't give a shit. Bring something back. Yeah, I got to catch one of the uh, the XFL's uh, first games of the season. It was pretty interesting. It's I so it. bad, it's, it's cool. good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Three point conversions, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get a little wild with it. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> Last two questions, just you know, more into you. What is your favorite movie? Um, Fight Club. Damn, that's in my top five. Yeah, Fight Club um, or Halloween. Get out of here. Fight Club or Halloween. Original or Rob Zombie or which one? Um, the original, although I did love Rob Zombies, I, feel, I thought it was really good too. Uh, but the original just hits a little differently, you know. Do you, you have a Halloween tattoo, don't you? I do. I have Michael Myers on my tricep. That's I weird I know have. that. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a That's <laughs> weird I know that. <laughs> it's pretty noticeable. I mean, it's a portrait of his, his face. So, I mean, it's it's not exactly small. I, I get a lot of comments on it. And I also have Jason on the bicep, too. Oh, you're loyal to both. It's usually one or the yeah. other. All right. No, I, like, no I'm, uh, I'm all about both from in different ways. These are also things that play into my personality and, and character-wise and stuff like that, like – Favorite movie, Fight Club, like the the character and, and all that. Like all this stuff kind of coincides with it, kind of where it comes <laughs> from. Uh, last question. Your favorite band slash music, I should say. Uh, favorite band is would be Slipknot and slash oh, Stone Sour. Meat? Oh, my God, me too. <laughs> I need to go down um, and tell my wife that. <laughs> We're best friends Basically, <laughs> um... I was a huge, huge fan of Pantera back in the day too. Though. Oh, like yeah. To, to the point where I was like convinced I was going to get the CF, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, the CFH tattoo on my head if I ever shaved it. Um, <laughs> I never did shave it or got the tattoo, so I was, I was kind of being a bitch. What's but, your favorite but, Slipknot album? Whew, I'm really digging the new one. Um, I like it feels old, it feels old school Slipknot to me. It, it is a really good album. It's got enough of like an old school feel, or like an old school feel, but with like a new brutality to it. Um, my favorite thing is uh, probably the different ranges of vocals that Corey goes through, um, and all these different songs. It was the like, stuff that guy can do is it's incredible a, with Stone Sour a, and yeah, Slipknot. yeah, exactly. He's like super talented when it comes to any kind of range, but and yeah, he's really he just found another too. gear. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, I've read like a couple of. Well, I've read one um, of his books. I did, yeah, it's it's some it's some shit that like I can't like really process. You know what I mean? Like it's not on my. I'm not on that right. level. 
Some yeah. of it's a little too creative. It's a lot of, for him, it's a lot of ranting. Dude, he's, he's got a lot of like, I've, I've heard him talk a few times on, you know, different philosophies or, you know, politics and different things that, you know, and yeah, he comes across very intelligent, super intelligent, knows who he's talking about, which is always I'm, cool. I'm a big, uh, I did really enjoy All Hope is Gone for some reason. People shit on that album for some reason. I really dug that. Wow, that album was sweet. That, there's honestly. Social. There's a lot of hits yeah. on that song. I yeah, and they had been out for a minute, you know. So when they came back with that, I I thought it was good. I like. Um, there's really, to be honest, there's not. I don't have a Slipknot like album that I didn't like. You know, there might be a right. few tracks that aren't like my favorite, but I mean, I when it comes to Slipknot, there's something that I found just in about every different song that I attached to or liked about it, or, or you know, could vibe to or something like that. Like that's why. I mean, they're my favorite band is because, like, everything they do, I pretty much like. Even the shit that, like, most... Yeah, a few times. Yeah, not recently. Um, I think the All Hope Is Gone tour was probably the last one I saw them. That's when I saw them. Yeah, it was a great tour. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we saw them at DT, and then we uh, we had some pretty good seats. Uh, It was pretty close. Um, And, man, I actually saw Slipknot, too. Back, I used to play in a band way back when I was in, like, or supposed to be in high school. Uh, back when I was like sad, you know, from the ages like 16 to whatever. And uh, we uh, played a show. We used to play shows at this place called The Shelter. And we went down there and actually saw Slipknot uh, right before they had signed with their Roadrunner deal, before anyone knew who the hell they were. We saw them live one time. And then the next time we saw them was at like Ozfest, like three or four years after that. Was pretty that sweet. first show was probably awesome because you didn't know what the fuck it was. It was. It was we had no, we just saw these. Well, we knew who Mushroom Head was. We had heard. Oh, Mushroom Head. We I had heard about Mushroom Head, <laughs> and like I had seen, I hadn't really heard them, but I had seen. I just saw their masks or something. I don't know. Um, and so Slipknot, yeah, when we went to the Slipknot though. show, I saw these dudes. I'm like, oh, kind of like I thought. Like for a minute, I thought that's it. I'm like, wait, no, that's not. This is a different band. And then like we heard them and so, you know got to get that live feel for it. And uh, I was like, dude, I was hooked. Like, I remember going, telling my, like, drummer the next day, like, oh, my God, like, this band was, like, the best band I've ever heard in my life. And, uh, they, I mean, they're sweet. <laughs> what was your band name, I got to ask, for 17-year-old kids? <laughs> uh, one of them was in his – I had, like, several. One of them was in his image. Uh, one of Not them bad. Deadbolt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chronics was one of them. Like yeah, the tag team from WCW. <laughs> yeah, actually, exactly like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm blanking at some of the other ones. Uh, I can't can't think of anyone. I, I had a few more. I'm sure. Austin, where can the fans find you? Social media, pro wrestling tees. Where can they find you? At? Uh, yeah, all over social media: uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, the they're all at Austin Mannix. I try to make it as easy as possible. Um, I'm on all three of those. I try to interact as much as I can, but, uh, it's also where you have links to my merch is on my Facebook uh, shop as well. Um, but, uh, you can contact me on any of those for orders or just to say hi. Book this guy. Damn it. Book him. Awesome. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you, man. It was a blast. All right. Thanks, dude. Yep. All right, everybody. We are back. So Adam, um, I get to I get to ask two so Adam questions this week. Um, so Adam, why don't you explain to our fine listeners the pits and perils of doing interviews, um, and, and, <laughs> and possibly forgetting the right buttons? 
Yes, this has happened to us twice now individually. Um, this was my first interview by myself, and I'm ashamed because it was a really good interview. And at one point, uh, we lost connection. And when I got the connection back, sorry, everyone, I forgot to hit the record button for how much of that interview, HD? About 15 minutes worth, 20 minutes worth? Uh, I don't know, but I, you know, on, on the intro to the show, I preface that there's a weirdly, really weird cut in the show. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm apologizing for that again, but. Um, yeah, that's just... a big, my, that's a big, my bad guys. Um, I'm going to get better at that. Cause I may or may not hint, 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 have another one tomorrow. Stay tuned. Very nice. All right, so I'm about to produce some quality audio for everyone. Granted, our audio sucks anyway, but um, so Adam, what would you say uh, to the following sound? Being a can of Space Godzilla from Noctera Brewery, sir. Oh, my God. I would cherish it like it's the Holy Grail right now. Good, sir. I put out a uh, all-points bulletin because uh, Noctera only released a limited supply and apparently sold out before they actually had any in-store, which I don't know how you can do that, but okay. Um, so all, their, all of our minions in the greater PAL area and Mrs. HD came through, so I have two six-packs of Space Godzilla. Oh, man. And I'm a happy, happy camper. So when I sound even worse or I fuck up even worse... I'm going to blame the Space Godzilla. Can you leave some on your porch so that I can come get tomorrow? <laughs> I'll leave a can out there for you, sir. Did you, tell, can. did you tell the missus that your buddy Adam over here is a big fan? Uh, she didn't I buy did. you one six-pack. She bought you two six-packs. Well, because Noctera screwed this one up in a big way. but I'm the one oh. who got wasted on that stuff and recorded a beautiful podcast afterwards talking about it and i'm about to do the same so we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be able to share something here there you go damn all right so uh obviously you have to hit mania because it's it's the big thing and it's coming up here in a few days and um who would have thought uh yeah man there's just <laughs> man and the worst part about it is that there's, there's apparently more to the card that's about to change on SmackDown on Friday, which is just fascinating. They should have just canceled it, man. Take the hit, reschedule it for – or just yeah, – this is a bad – this is so bad, buddy. But, hey, man, Vince McMahon doesn't job to anybody, including a national pandemic, so. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but that was, that was good. <sighs> um. Yeah, man. I, I, what's the point, man? It's gonna fucking change in two the days. The only thing I want to watch, man. Only thing I even care to watch, like maybe two things, is Drew and Brock. That tag team match changed, so I don't care anymore. Nope. I, I do. I do want to watch AJ and Taker because Taker's promo on Monday was fantastic. When he called AJ Allen Jones, that that that, that got me to pop. <laughs> Question for you about that before we jump into it. Sure. Do you think is Taker gonna be Biker Taker this weekend? 
Or will he be I like know, a Mark? Will he be Mark Calloway, essentially? I don't know, man. I got, I got strong biker taker vibes from this. He said big evil. I know at least once. Right, and then he talked about the triad. That's that's what piqued my curiosity. Oh, people are going to interfere because he has because AJ has Gallows and Anderson. I think Taker has some people up his sleeve. Okay, opinion. so so who are your guesses then? Because I, I I obviously Alistair have Black. Alistair Black okay. is a big one. I'm gonna say I, I've been on that for a while now, so and, I, and, I agree and, with you there. Baby and Priest. Ooh, better Baron Corbin taking over the mantle as the new. Oh, he's way, he's way he's way better than Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I call him Better Baron Corbin. Um, man, that that that's a that's a good call, man, and that's better than fucking play it out, Kane. Yeah, Mayor Knox County. That's gonna look real bad if he shows up at Mania during the pandemic, buddy. That looks real bad. So, God, man, I you know what? I didn't even have Damian Priest in my thoughts, and then that's that's think about good... it. They're in Orlando. They're in or gonna be in Orlando, right? So yeah. he's right there. He's living there. So, hey, man, you want to earn a mania? If you're going to have fucking Austin Theory on the card, you got to have Damian Priest. Yeah, that, 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 that's... Or the that's War a, Raiders, maybe. I, there's, the, there's a few options there. But... Well, if it's not Aleister Black as one of them, I'm going to be really upset. I think, I think I've already resigned myself to that fact. If it's not Aleister Black as one of them, I'm going to be really, really annoyed. Does Taker like go into like a managing role at that point? If he's creating this group, is my question. No, man, he'll be. Or is this like a passing the torch thing to these guys eventually? I don't even think it's a passing the torch because we fucking know next year at WrestleMania, Vince is going to do whatever he can to drag Taker into another match. Yeah. I mean, like, if you want to like the whole darkness thing, it's got to be Alistair and Damian. Like, it's not even close compared to anybody else. Nope, not at all. Not not even close. I'm going to be very wrong, and I'll tweet about it, but, you know. I don't know, man, but I'm a big fan of... I I, 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 I like I Damien Priest. You, I, I pitched you something you liked. Look at that. It could man. be the beer talking, guess. Craziness. <laughs> um, and the real question is, how forward are you looking to seeing um, Elias and King Corbin? <laughs> Didn't I text you about this last night? I think, or David? Yeah, Brown. the other day. I know we texted about it. At, oh, recently. My God. Yes. Oh, I, I, I don't care. Like, if that's not a filler, if that's not Dino Bravo versus Brutus Beefcake at Mania Five or whatever, then I don't know what is. Like, do they have any story going? What? I haven't watched. Do they have any story going? I don't know either. I haven't watched SmackDown in a while, to to be honest. So I, I. I I like, don't who's, know who's the heel, who's the who, who's the face. Um, you know Baron Corbin's going to win. You know that's a fact. Um, yeah, I don't care. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, this WrestleMania nice. turned the shit, man. Real quick, <laughs> let me tell you, dude. In a, in a in a big, big, big way, man. Um, I had an idea for Goldberg when I know we know Roman now has pulled. Mm-hmm. I was going to pitch to you, why wouldn't they just throw Cena and the Fiend in there with Goldberg? That's a better story. Am I right? Yeah. Fucking Braun Strowman. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is, but... Because you know Goldberg's not getting Strowman up in a jackhammer. 
you know that's not happening. Yeah, definitely not. But, man, I, who the fuck knows, man? I don't know. Um, on to some better things I, that I know we will enjoy. Um, we've been mentioning the Ohio Wrestling Alliance uh, presenting Fight for Pride on Saturday, June 13th. Uh, providing this pandemic shit is over, or at least slowed down, or we can go out and hang out with people in public. Uh, started to announce some of their first uh, competitors. Um, Myron Reed is returning. Uh, Gary yeah. J is returning. I know we both like both of those guys. Uh, and lots of debuts now. We're going to have uh, Jamie Senegal debuting. The Philly Marino Experience return. He's bringing back yeah. um, Eli. Yep, bringing yep. back Eli Isom. Can we just um, get a him and Myron Reed rematch, please? Oh, Justin, no, man. If you're, I th- you're, I, if you're listening. <laughs> well, I know he, uh, uh, Ace Perry and uh, Slade Porter were the others announced so far. Um, mm-hmm. No matches, obviously, because it's still super early. But boy, man, I think I would like Eli Isom and Ace Perry in a big, big, big way. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And that's really it for wrestling news. You know, I, I, I shed a tear on Saturday as, you know, Adam and I were supposed to be at the uh, unsanctioned pro show that had to be postponed slash canceled. And boy, was that depressing. <laughs> For people who don't know, like this is supposed to be the busiest week in pro wrestling. Can we call it that? Like the busiest week ever? Oh, easily. And and it's it's the week where a lot of wrestlers. I I, I want to say it was David Starr a few years ago put out that on Mania weekend he made more money, like the week you know the week before the week of and the week after. Uh, you know, from being seen and, and you know... Like WrestleCon and everything. Right, selling shirts and doing this, that, the other. Then I think he did for the, the like, the next three to six months. I, f- I forgot what he had stated, but there are a lot, a lot, a lot of wrestlers. And, you know, we talked about this, you know, at the beginning that we're just not going to see again. And, and, and it's... And it's not because of anything other than they had to get, you know, you know, we we talked about it before on the show, you know, shoot jobs. And, they, you know, the guys have talked about it to us Um, and they just they won't be able to afford to come back to wrestling. And that sucks a lot. Um, So, I mean. You know, um, I'll, I'll let Adam share some information if he wants to on how he's been affected by this. Um, the, the... um yeah. Don't mean to cut you off there. No, go ahead. I, uh, I have been. Um, I don't know if I mean don't mean to get deep and personal, but my wife and I are in a field where we had to get laid off for a bit, not permanently, just you know, for a little while. And uh, I am along one of the people, I think it was 300,000 people the last two weeks that filed for uh, that old unemployment check. And yeah, like these, and I feel for these guys and I hope the fans out there, like we said before, buy a sticker, buy a shout out from Dan Housen. Um, <laughs> I have a really good friend. 
I have a really good friend in Aaron Williams. Like, go buy a, the dude shirt. Like, Boone and Cobain and Crash. Like, there's a lot of good dudes who are being affected by this. Not just us normal people, you know. We're all getting affected by it in some way. Um, you know, we're both, you and I and everybody else, we're, we're homeschooling our kids now. And it's an adjustment for everybody. It's not a pity party, you know. I'm not trying to sound like that. But help these guys out, you know. It's it's a hard, hard time right now. Yep. And again, to, to try to, you know, bring it back and make some positive out of this. Um, I, I give them a shout out every week uh, at Indie Wrestling, IWTV.live. They are just hammering out a bunch of content for us to watch. Um, and, and let's be honest, there's there's really not much else to watch. Um, I've, I've the, watched so much wrestling the last two weeks that I've been home than anything else ever. Yep. I watched one of four the... seasons of Lunk Lucia Underground in about a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, um, I I was fascinated by this number, and I don't know which way I'm fascinated, but um, you know, ESPN and NBC Sports Network are replaying some NFL games, and a, a replay of an NFL game, it, I want to say it got 429,000 viewers. Which I'm like, okay, you know, that's a replay of a game that everyone knows and we just saw. And then, the, you know, the, 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 the tweet stated that first take got 419,000 viewers. And I'm like, okay, I don't know which one that's a bigger indictment of, that a replay of an NFL game outdrew first take or that it barely outdrew first take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just, I'm like, boy, oh boy, are these some strange times we're living in. It's crazy, man. And I'm going to tell you now, I'm going freaking crazy over here. I don't know about you. You work from home anyways, so it's different. But you also oh, have no, dude. a kindergartner not... running around with you. Oh, now. dude. Yeah. It's uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, not fun working from home anymore right now. You don't know that HD and I both have five-year-old boys at home now who just love, 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 love attention. Don't they, HD? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the best part about it is... <laughs> I love when, you know, he comes to me and he's like, HD, I'm bored. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, let's do, let's do some schoolwork. Yeah. And then he just immediately turns around and runs away and he's not bored anymore. Yeah. And my son told me the other day, he said, get up or I'm going to shoot you with this Nerf gun. I must have been <laughs> <gods> too long. <laughs> that, that boy's loving it. He's watched all the Power Rangers and, you know, he's living life. Wait till that first day. If we ever go back, just wait till that first day back. Oh my oh god! My god. You, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel for for all of you, teachers, daycare teachers, yeah. daycare On my workers. huge job, listeners. I am a teacher. That's how HD knows me. I used to be his son's teacher back in the day. Yeah, I feel bad for you because <laughs> they're going to see all their friends for the first time in forever and. They're all just going to go ape shit. We're going to be outside all day. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say you have to be at that point because yeah. Yeah, they're just going to need to run and burn energy. Oh, yeah. Um, as you can tell by Adam and I bantering back and forth, we have no real <laughs> game plan for this show because there's just not anything happening. Um. But something that is happening, and I'm sure many of you have watched the series, and if you haven't watched the series, 
um, go on to uh, on the Vice channel on YouTube mm-hmm. TV, and uh, Dark Side of the Ring is a great series. Um, did you watch this week? I did not watch the new Jack one yet. No, um, I I don't know if I'm going to because I find New Jack to be an incredible fucking asshole. And uh, yeah, you shouldn't. Well, you shouldn't watch it then. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I and and I don't think they're trying to glorify them, but um, some of the 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 comments and reviews I saw on it just said that you know, even shooting New Jack still working. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, then I don't need to watch that. Like. Dude legitimately threatened to kill somebody in a ring and then tried to kill somebody in the ring and then accidentally did kill somebody in the ring. Um, so oh, like, he totally admits to wanting to kill him. Right. <laughs> like right. on camera. Like that fucking idiot. I mean, just, yeah. And my, my bigger question is, why are you on a fucking scaffold 40 feet in the air if you know this dude wants to fucking hurt you? Like, I well, understand. The backstory on that is, if people know Vic Grimes, he's a wrestler from ECW and XPW, the Baldies. He and New Jack had a match in ECW where he cracked New Jack's skull open. It was an accident, but in the interview, New Jack says that Grimes never called to check on him. So, yeah. And he held a grudge for a year and a half until they had that scaffold match. And knowing that New Jack is a crazy motherfucker, don't you think it would be in your best interest to say, hey, man, whoops, my bad? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, but the, the the one in particular that I, that I want to talk about, and I, I, I was cringing when when this was announced like on how are they going to do this um two-part episode on chris benoit and i i was really 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 apprehensive that they were going to try to paint chris benoit in a good light and thankfully they didn't they they these documentaries have been, um, from what we all know about, you know, some of the people involved, uh, and, and, you know, the, we've talked about the Gino Hernandez one. We've talked about the Bruiser Brody one. Um, they've done their work and it's, and it's not just, they're not basing their, their, their documentaries or, or episodes based off hearsay. They're, they're getting people who were involved. Um, you know, Dutch Mantel in the, in the Bruiser Brody episode was was in the building and there. And and I know I talked about it when we talked about that before, but go back and listen to the Dutch Mantel um, interview with Stone Cold on, on the Stone Cold podcast. And listen to him talk about that. And, and you know that that shit was serious and um, shows just how fucking shady the Puerto Rican companies are down there or company i guess i should say because i think there's only the colognes and their company down there um but um you know back to the benoit episode or episodes um they apparently announced stuff that i i mean i i i i'm sure i knew and i'm sure i read and it just it was kind of i'd forgotten about it but 
the one thing that Adam and I were just stunned by was that I, I didn't know that, or I didn't remember that he had actually broken Nancy's back before he strangled her and then slept with her dead body for two days. I totally forgotten about that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I, I wanted to find a positive in this. And, and my positive is that, you know, Adam and I have talked about our love for Chris Jericho just being a, a, a great, you know, a great worker, a great speaker. Um, but Chris Jericho, good dude on top of that. Um, for those who don't know, Nancy Benoit's sister and Chris Benoit's son um, hadn't spoken with each other for 13 years, I think they had said. And what was stated in the documentary is that Nancy's sister did try to reach out, um, but someone in the Benoit family, and she wouldn't name names, and, and kudos to her for that, just said that they, you know, that they had said that, you know, David doesn't want her around. And, you know, when, when David mentioned that to try, you know, to his mom or his, his, his granddad that, you know, he wanted to try to get a hold of Nancy's sister, they're like, oh, she doesn't want to have anything to do with you. And, and the fact that it took someone 13 years just to say, hey, man, what about this? You know, do you guys want to see each other and and the fact that chris organized that again i mean hall of fame dude already but just even 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 more so in my book now like and it was just it was it was great to see david benoit's face when when he talked about his aunt nene and it was i just i i just when he talked about that, like his face at that instant, it was, it was, it was a, what, a 10 year old kid getting to see his aunt again. And his, I mean, his face lit up, you know, granted he's an adult now. Um, but it was just, it was cool to see. And, um, you know, some of the more of the information that we got in, you know, and the great work that Chris Nowinski is doing with concussions and CTE research, um, and, and talking about that and like that Benoit had actually talked to him about how many concussions that he thought he had had or that he so many that he couldn't even count. And when they actually, you know, got a chance to get Chris Benoit's brain, just the amount of sheer damage that was done and, you know, Chavo Guerrero talking about the damage that, you know, that has to be done to his brain and, you know, what his brain looks like. And it was just, it, it, it's just so well done. And if you, if you, if you get a chance again, go on YouTube because Vice Land is great or Vice, not Vice Land, but Vice is great about putting them out next day or two. Um, for those of you who don't have the channel or, or other means to watch it, uh, it's out, it's out there for free. Um, and one of the other things that I, I, I didn't know, or maybe I just had glossed over or blocked. Um, I, I, I didn't remember or know that Eddie actually died in Chavo's arms. And 
boy, was that scene just a gut punch. And, and then you, you, you hear about, you know, what, what was it, Adam? Two days after Eddie's funeral, they're making everybody fucking fly to Europe. Yeah. No, day no, afterwards, right? Wasn't it like right after? Or maybe it was. I mean, yeah, I, pretty, yeah it was uh, like they went to the funeral and uh, like it was either that night or the following morning. They had to pack for Europe. And, and can I just say one thing about this whole thing before yeah, you carry on? Um, fuck the WWE about this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> that's, right, that's right where I was going, so good good segue. Um, if you think like anything with me and HC talk about this, that we're condoning anything that Benoit did, no. If you think that, that then like Jericho said in the episode, turn it off. Turn us off. If you think we're talking about anything like that, we're giving our opinion on something that affected the wrestling world, affected everybody. Now, I say fuck the WWE because David Benoit at the time was, how old was he, 10, 11 years old when this all happened? Yeah, he was a young kid, yes. That Think about that. A young kid not only lost his stepmom and his little brother, he lost his father, okay? Do, do you think WWE even said, hey, David, we're sorry. No. Yes, it was terrible what Chris Baumwall did. Absolutely terrible. But the kid lost his mom and his brother as well. You don't think WWE could at least made a phone call or, hey, man, like, we'll help you set up a college fund or just do something for the kid. But no. Vince McMahon came out on Tuesday and said, we're never going to mention Chris Benoit ever again. That also meant the Benoit family and Nancy's family. And good for David for saying fuck them too, except for Chavo and Jericho. So that's all I got to say right. about it. So perfect segue. So yeah, uh, as Adam said, we're, I no, fuck Chris Benoit. I, I'm, I'm still of the mindset of fuck him. Um, yep. there, there's, there's a great, um, there's a great Paul Heyman clip out on, on uh, you know, again, YouTube, um, where someone asked him about Chris Benoit and, you know, he pretty much said that, you know, it was like, fuck Chris Benoit. And then someone in the audience, you could tell was like, you know, got upset or offended by that. And he's like, no, fuck you. Fuck you too. You know, that evening in that house, one person had to say over three people's lives. He's a Nancy, he's a murderer. That's right, that's... right. Nancy didn't get a choice. Um, God, now I'm forgetting um, the younger because David is the living son, right? Daniel, Daniel. Daniel, thank you. Okay, yes, Daniel didn't get a choice. So yeah, fuck Chris Benoit, fuck the WWE. The the it the fact that David Benoit didn't do anything. He right. was a so, ten year old kid. You don't think billionaire Vince could have been like, David, I want to help you. Like, what the fuck, man? Like I get yeah. you don't want to talk about Chris Benoit, but there's other people affected by it besides the fucking WWE. They went right. on smooth sailing after that happened. 
Right, and because because they went out that Monday night and and made a a, a tribute show and tried to 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 shine a bright light on Chris Benoit, and then the news comes out, you know, pretty much while the show's on air and into the next morning of what really happened. And, you know, Vince starts off SmackDown with, you know, his name will never be uttered on our air again. You know, fine. But the WWE, for all they want to sit there and say, it's not our fault, it's not our fault, it's not our this fault. This is the, HD, this is the same man who continued the show after Owen Hart died. Right. So, th- I mean, that, should, that, tells, that tells us all we need to know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that at no point could he sit there and... and and it's, you know, I will side with them on the fact that it's, you know, they didn't do it, but boy, did they do fuck all to stop it. When, when everyone knows how close Chris and Eddie were, and you see a man of Chris Benoit's stature, right? Is that's the only word I could think of at Eddie's funeral, losing his mind, sobbing uncontrollably. And your thought is, fuck, let's get him on a plane. No. Keep him home. Get him counseling. This could have still happened, sure. I'm not saying it would have prevented it. But for fuck's sake, man, stop seeing past your 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 greed and lust for money and look for the people who actually make you money. And you like, know, I I loved in the fact in the episode again that they're t- they're they're laughing at the wellness policy on how much of a joke it is and and WWE touts oh yeah Chris Benoit passed every you know conceivable steroid test that we could possibly get there were texts from Nancy that said that's bullshit and she showed right like (laughs) right well in the autopsy showed an obscene level obscenely high level of um of testosterone so it's you know it just it 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 highlights what a further sham their wellness policy is it's crazy like WWE promotes this family we're a family atmosphere. We're this and that. And I want to just, I would love to have a sit down conversation to with Vince McMahon and be like, explain to me all these reasons why you're not a shitty human being. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about Owen Hart, the steroid trial, (laughs) uh, Bret Hart, uh, Chris Benoit. Um, it's just going, Covering Jimmy Snuka murdering his girlfriend or wife or whatever. Or Jerry Lawler possibly being a pedophile. Like, there's a lot of things out there that Vince McMahon wrote a check and everything went away. Is that a good way to put it? Oh, of course. I mean, but that, um, I mean, that's any rich person, but... Right. But you want a multi-million dollar company that's supposed to, like, hey, kids, follow your dreams and be a hero? But you got that shit happening behind the doors? How are you not a shitty human being? You know, like I, I watched WWE because I like wrestling, but I had not watched it in a, what now a month. And I feel fantastic about it. All WWE I watch now is on Twitter. The little clips on Twitter. So, (laughs) all right. So, so along those lines, how much more live wrestling do you think AEW and WWE are going to be able to put out before the state of Florida actually, shuts down for once oh dude i don't i don't that's 
good question. I, I don't know. Because um, we, we know Connecticut's on a lockdown, so they can't bring them up there to the to the you know Titan Towers or whatever the fuck it is now. They Florida's going to put out a warning soon or a, a stay-at-home warning soon. Um, what I read though is AEW's got a ton of shit in the can, so they're in they're in a good spot. But WWE doesn't have anything beyond Monday Night Raw apparently. So <laughs> like all I'm saying is to you people, the very few listeners we have, there's other wrestling out there. There's a lot of shit in WWE that's like, man, it's not worth it. And that's fine. You can watch it. You can love it. You can hate it. But you got to know all the facts about this. It's not all they say it is. Look about all the guys who left. Luke Harper said, did you, did you listen to Luke Harper podcast at all? Not Luke Harper. God, Brody Lee podcast. <laughs> Jesus. I'm losing my mind I, here. Dave, that's all right. I have to tell Mrs. HD, you know, Luke Harper, so she knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. He said on Jericho's podcast. I went to his office three days a week for six weeks, and every time he went in there, Vince McMahon was eating a fucking salad and laughed at his ideas. Laughed at a grown man who wants to work. He said, I will work house shows. I will do this. Just book me. And all he got was a laugh and a ha-ha, goddamn pal, and cut showing out the fucking door. That's the kind of guy that's running this multi-billion-dollar company. If it's even worth that much anymore, I don't know. Uh, well, but with the stock market crashing and my four hundred one k dying, it's a beautiful God thing. Damn it! I'm gonna walk to the kitchen and get a beer. <laughs> you keep going. I'm 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 on the line still. <laughs> All right. Um, so, but yes, but again, just really well done. They they didn't romanticize Chris Benoit in any way. Um, so so good for them, uh, good for Chris Benoit, or not good for Chris Benoit, Jesus Christ, fuck Chris Benoit, good for Chris Jericho. David Benoit has my, my heart and my sympathy. Um, I keep forgetting Nancy's sister's name, but she has my heart and sympathy. Um, Chavo Guerrero, man, if I only fucking knew that Eddie had died in his arms, that dude... Man, that dude would have had way more sympathy with me than than, than he already does. But fuck. And then um, obviously Vicky Guerrero, nothing but love and respect to her. Um, just fuck. I mean, all I want to say is Nancy Benoit, I love you. That's all I can really say. Yep. Yeah, and 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 uh, I forget who said it. If it was Chris or if it was Chavo, but Nancy Benoit. Woman, Nancy Benoit, Nancy, whatever you want to call her, she fucking belongs in the Hall of Fame. And it, it, it's she'll never go in, and it's a fucking shame, but um, she absolutely belongs in there. Revolutionary um, in this business, you know, along the lines of, um, you know, sensational Sherry, Sherry Martell, along the lines of Miss Elizabeth, you know, before both of them, there was woman. And just, yeah, just. Or Angel of Darkness, if you want to go way back. Yep. Just, <laughs> just a fucking tragedy all the way around. But good for the Vice people, or not the Vice people. I need to find out the company who actually does these documentaries. Well, Vice are playing on their television network. How about that? Yeah. But, again, didn't romanticize them, and, and good. Um, so fuck Chris Benoit. I'll say it again. Fuck Chris Benoit. On that, on that note, see if you can hear this or not. Here we go. Oh, the beautiful sound. 
Shout out mm-hmm. to Noctera Beta Flash. Which is also good, by the way. But it hey. It is quite tasty. All right. Um, Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? (laughs) Um, I'm going to continue on Chris Ben or Chris Jericho love the bit on AEW Dynamite last night. Jesus. And folks, we are going to have a Chris Jericho episode at some point in the future too. Just like our our love for yeah, Chris Jericho just being a fucking genius. But what do you Uh, think? What do you think? Get the hounds. Like that was yeah. fucking fantastic. Re- release the hounds and you. Yeah. <laughs> and the best part about it, is, like you see like two good sized dogs and then you see his two ankle biters the, the, the and I'm just like Almeranian. It's like goddamn it. Like, I'm just like okay, that's like me sending my two idiots out after somebody. It's just it's the most ridiculous thing. But if and, you don't know HD's dogs, guys. Uh, they're uh, they're characters. They're the bane of my existence at this moment in time. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, but yeah, just, just the release, the hounds and Chris Jericho being in a hot tub in leather pants. He's trying to recruit a freaking dr- a, dr- a drone, a drone. God, drone, yeah, yeah. Drone. good yeah. God. It was like, just come on. So absolutely good. fantastic. Yes. All right. So, it's and, and then, and then Luke Harper <laughs> in the yeah. fucking boardroom <laughs> with the yawn as a sign of weakness. Brody Lee, damn it. Kidding. Brody Lee. It's Brody Lee. Sorry, oh, guys. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, see, I, did, I even did it myself there. Take a drink. <laughs> I'm sure I'll probably do it like only like 15 more times until I can get Brody Lee ingrained back into my brain. Yeah. Uh, but just kicking the guy out of the meeting for yawning is just like <laughs> everybody thinks that that's just a bunch of made up bullshit. No. No. Read like, people's books. It's not, it's very yeah, true. Yeah. Read people's books. Scour write, former WWE writers on Twitter, and you when you see them laughing and and enjoying it because they've been there, they know it's true. Um, God, it's just it's it's fantastic, and, and I'm glad AEW's got some more shows on the can, or at least more matches in the can. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this TNT Championship, and hoping they do it like a TV title, that which would be dope. That's how um, you that's how you set up. Archer and Cody. That's how you set it up right there. Yeah, man. Boy, this 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 title screams. Give it to Darby Allen. Let him run with it. It it, it just yeah, yeah. Nah, no, not 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 yet. Oh man, I don't know, man. It screams. I like Darby me. Allen. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just, I, dude, Darby Allen should be like heavyweight champion contender. Can you imagine a match like him and Moxley could really have? Like, they would have the craziest match ever. I think. I'm in, I'm all in on on him or Guevara winning it and just feuding over the belt for a good few months. I think that would just be Back fantastic. Yeah. So we'll see what we do there. But um, AEW continues to knock it out of the park, embracing the weirdness, while the WWE doesn't know what the fuck to do. So let's kill an hour on our show by showing a match from last year. Um, <laughs> Or or give me fucking more vignettes of Johnny Gargano and and, and Tommaso Ciampa because I don't have enough of those in my life for the five hundredth time. Yeah. All right, HC. Uh, I need to know, I need to know about this wrestler real quick. Would you tell me about him? Sure. Will you tell me about CM Punk? Oh, CM Punk. Am I a fan? Of course. Um, love the guy. 
um, just, I mean, I think he's been fantastic, you know, was fantastic, is fantastic. Um, so am I a fan? Yes. Um, favorite move? Uh, I, I'm, I'm torn on this one. You know, I'm, I'm going to say the GTS just because, it, you know, it's, it's obviously the most famous one. Um, Not the Pepsi Plunge? That was my other one. <laughs> it, it was the Pepsi Plunge, um, but just the GTS when it when it's when it's done right, just looks vicious. Um, and so I'm 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 gonna stick with that and just say the GTS. Uh, favorite match, I mean, obviously there's there's a ton in Ring of Honor, um, but I mean I. I it, for me, it's 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 Money in the Bank 2011 versus John Cena. I called like, that my match of the decade for WWE a few it, episodes back. Because because just you know, for sometimes you know we mock this you know WWE just wants to tell stories and they don't want to have good matches. This match was a good match and it told a story and it wrapped up a great feud, um, and just really well done and and. Just, I mean, everything about that was great. Like, just find that match and just, like, when you listen to that crowd pop for the second CM Punk music hits, till the, you know, then Cena's music hits, then the match, and the way it ends, just everything about it was just... The dude's been gone six years and they still chant his name. Just put that in perspective. perspective. (laughs) Yeah, um... Favorite feud? Uh, I'm going to go to Ring of Honor for this one. Uh, Samoa Joe. Just everything about those matches was just great. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, there's nothing I can say that hasn't been said about you know that 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 I that I can't add to it. Um, just you know, if I if I still bought DVDs or still had DVDs, um, Joe, Punk and Joe or yeah, Punk and Joe were DVDs that I had in my possession at some time. Um, just great stuff. Um, favorite promo, like, lame, cliche, but yeah, I'm gonna go there. It's the pipe bomb. Um, like that that promo. I mean, it it it, it changed the wrestling landscape. Whether people want to admit it or not, um, it, it changed the landscape. And and this was when Raw was you know, taping two episodes at a time. And so Punk's Pipe Bob ended the live show. And while they were recording the following episode, Twitter was just blowing up with how fantastic that was and how much everybody loved it. And Arguably one of the greatest wrestling promos in general of all time. Yeah. And, and I, and I know he hates the term pipe bomb. Uh, and so I, I try not to use it, but that, I mean that that that's <laughs> you know Adam talked about Taker's promo this week. He's talked about dropping a pipe bomb. Um, so it's 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 just it's it's in wrestling vernacular now, whether he likes it or not. Um, but it's 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 just it's it's great. Um, dream match, man. I don't even know anymore. Like I mean, he's been gone so long. And, and, you know, through Ring of Honor, wrestled so many people that I, I'd, I mean, sure, I could say Omega, I could say Okada, I could say Tanahashi, I mean, I could say whoever, but 
I'm, I'm sure at some point he's wrestled him. Um, but just for fuck's sake, I'm going to say Tomohiro Ishii. Because Ishii, you know, we've talked about before, that dude just adjusts his style and goes out and puts on four-star matches with a brawler, with a high flyer, with a technician. I mean, just anything that involves Tomohiro Ishii is always gold. So, yeah, give me that. Um, seen live, yes, many times. Um, unpopular opinion, he's not as good as he fucking thinks he is. <laughs> you know, he has, yeah, sure, he'll deliver a great match from here and there. But, you know, he, he I, I really get the opinion that he thinks he's just one of the, the, the greatest of all time, and, and I'm not sure he's one of the greatest of all time. Best in the world, best in the world. Right, and, and at that time, yeah, sure, I'll say you're the best in the world at that time. But, but right now, you know, uh, I, I think I'd struggle to put him in a top ten all time, and and you know it's it's kind of that out of sight, out of mind thing. But um, yeah, I just I I I just I, he's not as good as he thinks he is. And so let people, me give you one. Well, oh, I just want to say, people, uh, if you don't know Punk's heel stuff with the Straight Edge Society. Go back and watch, please. That stuff is brilliant with the stuff yeah, he did oh, with Rey and the Big Show. It was... Yeah, he is a great, he is a great talker and a, like easily, you know, easily one of the to me, yeah, sure, a top ten promo of all time, absolutely. Like the he... stuff with with that, like having you know shaving the crowd's heads. I mean, I know there are plants, but still, and saying I don't drink, I don't smoke, and here's why all of you are going to hell for it. I'm going to make a bad guy out of it. It was just brilliant, you know? Yep. And I, I'm better than you because, I, because I'm straight edge. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, 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 yeah, it's one of those things where just, cause you, cause you know that guy in real life and you know, that guy's a jerk. And so it just added to it. Um, so Adam. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell me about Hayabusa? Oh, the ace of FMW. Am I a fan Hayabusa, everybody, is my all-time favorite. I'll say High Flyer, Japanese wrestler. He's in my Mount Rushmore of wrestling way before his time. But you don't know what Hayabusa means. Hayabusa means Falcon in Japanese, in case you didn't know. Um, Am I a fan? Obviously. Favorite move. HD trivia question for you. This man invented one of your favorite moves of all time. Can you guess what it is? Holy crap, man. Um, I'm, I'm not going to have a bunch of dead air here, so I'm going to say no. I, I obviously don't know what it is. The Falcon Arrow. Oh, yeah. So, so okay, let me, let me pause Adam right here. So I have an irrational love for the Falcon Arrow, and I don't know why. Um, and Death so Valley Driver. <laughs> yes. Anytime Adam and I are at a live show and we see someone do a Falcon Arrow or a Death Valley Driver, I scream the move because I just love it irrationally. Okay. Adam, proceed. Uh, yeah. That is not my favorite move, though, of his. That This guy has the prettiest moonsault that I have ever, ever, ever seen. And he would do it off Shut the your ass. There's no way it's better than Chris Daniels' moonsault. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's debatable. 
that or Muda, or Muda's moonsault. Are you kidding me? YouTube, son, YouTube. Can I finish my thing now? You continue that while I'm going on YouTube real quick. Go ahead. Okay. Favorite match: um, Hayabusa versus Jushin Thunder Liger, Super J Cup, 1994. Favorite feud. Oh man. Oh, that's a hard one. It's either got to be against the Gladiator, a.k.a. Mike Awesome, or it's got to be... That's a hard one. I mean, he's having good battles with Tatanka and Oya and Kuroda. If you don't know these guys, they're all FMW guys. Um... Favorite promo? I don't know. That's a hard one because um, I don't really speak Japanese. Sorry, guys. Dream match? Oh, arguably against Ray Phoenix or Pentagon or any major Lucha Libre star out there right now. Um, seen live? Unfortunately, not. If many don't know, Hayabusa injured himself. How long ago? Let me look it up here. In the late 90s, he injured himself uh, to where he broke his neck, unfortunately. And doing the moonsault of all fucking things and landed on his head. And he ended up cracking two vertebrae in his neck. And uh, he was left paralyzed from the waist down from it. Terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, He ended up passing away later. Um, Gone too soon. One of the most underrated wrestlers ever. Um, yeah, unpopular opinion. He wasn't over in the United States for some reason. He did a lot of stuff for ECW and some independent promotions. And for some reason, he just didn't get over here. And I don't know why. Did you find the moonsault yet? I found a few of his Asahi moon salts in there. They're nice, sure, but no. he told me to shut my ass. Come on, they're nice, they're crisp, but like I, I can watch Kota Ibushi do a, a nice, pretty moon salt. I can watch respect the dead HD. I'm I'm not dis, I'm not denying that it was very nice and very pretty looking. This but is just I'm, my opinion. This is my wrestler. I well, love Christopher I, Daniels, but. Okay, well, I, I and that's fair enough, sir. Do you want one more? Do you want one more? I got one for you. Yeah, you do one more, and I'll give you one more. And I, I think uh, with our Mannix interview, that'll that'll give us way too much time. But let's do it. Tell me about Kenny Omega. I'm not Justin Roberts. Sorry, guys. No, and that's only on. <laughs> Moxley. Yeah. Um, Kazuchika Am I a fan? Yes, absolutely. Um, favorite move? Uh, the, actually, his spinning tombstone, I just, I think, is just fantastic. Um, wait, he's... you shut your ass. It's not the V-trigger? Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, why am I talking... I'm looking at my favorite match with Kenny Omega, and I see Okada's name, and I'm thinking, Okada, no. Sorry, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, I love the Coit's Wrath. When he does that electric chair into a German. Yeah, that's good, too. 
That's fucking dope. Sorry. It's no, it's no V-trigger, but it's cool. Well, you'll see why the V-trigger here in a second. Um, favorite match, uh, just because I had Okada on the brain, obviously there. Um, it's Okada at Dominion, um, June 9th, 2018. Um, whatever. Seven-star classic, eight-star classic, I don't care. Break the scale. That match deserved it. Absolutely. Um, favorite feud? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to stick to Okada. Um, just the the from Wrestle Kingdom to to the build up to this, um, all the all the promo. I mean, the promos. I mean, the promos are my favorite promo. I mean, everything about this. His What's run, your favorite U.S. match? Then let's go that route too. Ooh, favorite U.S. match, man. Uh, I, I'm just because I was there. And, and I made Adam insanely jealous that I was there. It was the match that I saw him um, against Pentagon. Um, yeah, the, the Moxley match at full gear was dope. Um, uh, I just, I, I don't know, man. Obviously, it's it's one of those things when you're there, the, you're you're there, the experience it just makes it that much better. I'm sure if I was able to go back and sit down and watch it now, I'd be like, holy crap, this match wasn't that good. Um, and, and change my opinion over to the Moxley match at full gear. Um, but just, I, I, I don't know, man. Everything about that, just it, again, when you're there, it, it makes it so much more enjoyable. Um, so favorite feud, Okada, the promos, uh, all the vignettes leading up to Dominion, um, we're, we're just, I mean, Kenny Omega was talking about just wanting it more and um, just the, you know, I mean, it was, it was classic, you know, <laughs> it gave a Rocky four vibe when Rocky's in the mountains of Russia training, you know, Kenny's in the, in the mountains of Tokyo training and, and, you know, the mountains of Vancouver and, and, and Canada training and everything about it was just great. Um, Dream match. I'm um, I'm gonna go a little cliche since this person stole some of Kenny's moves. Well, stole, I say loosely because everyone steals from everybody. Um, but Seth Rollins, um, just they're 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 so similar. Um, both strong, muscle bound looking dudes, but are friggin' gazelles in the ring too. They can they're they're. Kenny Omega should run laps around Seth Rollins though. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't dispute that. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, it, it, I mean, I, I think that's a lot of fans dream match for Kenny and Seth at this point, and, and, and it's mine. I think they uh, said in, in interviews they wanted the match to happen. I think, like, in separate interviews. But I could be wrong. Probably, yep. And then on um, popular opinion, and here's where I come into the V-trigger, I think the V-trigger, spamming the V-trigger makes it absolutely look weak and pathetic. Like when you see one or two and, and, and it's, it's into the rope. So you get that nice rebound effect and it just, it sells the, the violence and viciousness of it. Great. It looks smooth, but when it's done five times in a match, it's done 10 times in a match. It just makes it look meh. And so I, I, it, 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 takes me out of his matches when I see him spam the V trigger and, and I, I, I just don't like it at all. 
All right, Adam, let me give you one, and then we'll, we'll, we'll sign off here and wish everyone luck watching WrestleMania weekend because <laughs> you're going to need it. Um, tell me about why don't you have all these Minnesota meat hogs shut their mouths oh. and tell me about <laughs> ravishing Rick Rude? And my, this is my opinion, okay? My opinion, people. So shut up. <laughs> he is the best heel of all time. My opinion. That's all it is. My opinion. Am I a fan? 100%. Favorite move. It's the Rude Awakening. If you don't know, I think he had a different name for it in WWF, but it's a drop-down neckbreaker. Is that what you call it in the wrestling terms? Or just a regular neckbreaker? Uh-huh. I think I think well, probably reverse neck break would be my my guess. Yeah. Um, favorite match. Um, I loved his involvement with the Dangerous Alliance and Paul Heyman. So, uh, War Games '92, or in the Steel Cage with the Ultimate Warrior from SummerSlam '89 or '99. Sorry, '90. Um, favorite feud. It's got to be Jake Roberts, right? I mean, cold-heartedly, 100%. Jake Roberts. If you don't know the feud with Jake, um, Rick Rude did this thing in the late 80s in WWF where he would pick girls out of the audience to kiss. Is that right? Am I saying that right, HD? Yep. Yep. And he would, the one time, he picked this woman out of the crowd. and She kept denying Rick Rude. And he said, "What's the who's the man that's better than me?" And she said, "My husband, Jake Roberts." Jake Roberts runs down with no pants on to chase off Rick Rude. Um, really, really, really good stuff. Favorite promo. Uh, anytime he said, uh, "Let me take my robe off and show you what a real man looks like." <laughs> oh, dream match. That dude has fought everybody. Oh, dream match for Rick Rude. That's a hard one. I'm going to say, because I don't think he fought him yet, maybe The Undertaker. I think that could be good. I think Rick Rude would sell really well for Taker. Um, Seen live, yes. But unfortunately, it was WCW Rick Rude managing the NWO. Unpopular opinion. Um, not the best in-ring work, I think. Is that fair to say, HD? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Probably. That's like, I, I, yeah. I don't want to, like, he's so good, like, his mic work made up for it. And he, he just sold really well. That's what he did in the, watch a Rick Rude match, he's selling for 90% of it. With stuff with Steamboat, Sting, Ric Flair, it goes on and on. So, yeah, I, I do love Rick Rude. I know you do, too. So, Yep, and and so I was, while you were talking there, I was looking for it. The Rude Raking is referred to as a hangman's neckbreaker. Okay, yeah. And, um, and uh, I, I mean, I knew this before, but I, I, I found the date. Um, the only man in wrestling history 
to appear on Raw <laughs> and yep. Nitro on the same exact day. Because uh, I November believe you quit 17th. WWF because of the screw job, right? Yep. Uh, November seventeenth, nineteen ninety-seven. He was on Nitro, smashing the WWE, <laughs> and, and an hour later is on Raw. <laughs> so just like, the only reason you knew the difference was because he had a beard in WWF and he had a mustache in WCW. Right, and um, it, you know, this just this goes back to the time when you were wondering what the hell the <laughs> WWE was thinking because. They weren't paying attention to contracts, you know, and obviously, you know, the famous one is, you know, Jeff Jarrett's contract expiring and how you don't have Rick Rude signed to a contractor then on a on a per appearance basis allows him just to bounce whenever he wants. Good for Rick Rude. And, and yeah, just um, just uh, he's a fucking legend. Yeah. Another absolutely. guy gone too soon right there. Yeah. One of, one of the many. Alrighty, as always, if you made it this far, why? I mean, I understand it's a pandemic and you got nothing else better to do, but goodness. Um, anyway, if you did, we appreciate you. Um, shout out to Adam Stalker on Instagram, who is quite tasty looking, to be honest. Um, give Adam a follow on Twitter, <laughs> at AdamHowell3MB. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter, at 3MB Podcast. Um, Check out Adam and his handsomeness on Instagram at 3MBPod. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah, I think that's it. And Stay healthy, um, folks. Yeah, stay healthy and, and try not to go stir-crazy like I'm about to. And, as always, trust in Phil. <laughs>